Hello and welcome to the Daily Booktopian for Thursday, June 18th. My name is Nicholas Siliev. I am the social media specialist here at Booktopia and this is a podcast about reading in the time of isolation and social distancing. Joining me today is our non-fiction category manager, Joel Nayoum. Hi, Joel. Hi, Nick. And our brand and content manager, Mark Harney. Hi, Mark. Hello. Um, so let's dive right in and talk about the books that you guys have been reading. And I'll throw to you first, Joel. Uh, what have you been reading? So the first, I, I want to call out a set of books as a starting point. Um, it, and I've been dipping into them as they've been jumping into our bestseller list over the past couple of weeks. Um, and that is the books, the, the Black Lives Matters books, basically. Um, that includes uh, a bunch of different titles, but the ones that are selling best for us at the moment are White Fragility, Me and White Supremacy, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Um, and there are so many more. And there are also a bunch of titles um, that are selling for us because of um, Indigenous issues as well, including uh, Dark Emu, which is doing extremely well and has always done really well for us. These books are so good. I've read Dark Emu um, and would recommend reading. Uh, I think I might even read it again. It's so wonderful. Um, but the other books, as I've dipped into them, are so... They're the exact thing that I feel like I needed over this period of time. So I think it's well worth a look at them. And obviously our customers think the same way because a lot of them are buying these books. And I just think there's something really heartening at, at such a you know weird time in history that people are turning to books to try and learn more about something. And it's it's just a very it's a very nice feeling, like it's a silver lining to all everything that's happening. Um, but yeah, so those books that I called out specifically, I, I just wanted to mention because um, they're all really um, wonderful. Yeah, I've kind of been really enjoying and finding this uh this surge in interest around the books really cool, really cool. Um, and the question I kind of actually been wanting to ask, um, kind of ask you guys is of, of these particular books, because we do have a lot of, of Indigenous books in our catalogue. Why do you think people are being specifically drawn to them? Do you think it's just purely the education side of things or it's uh, trying to kind of make understanding of, of something that they've now in, are becoming increasingly made aware of? Uh, I, I think, I mean, I think unlike at other times when we've had protests around this issue before, um, it's gone global and people are trying to find a way into it because they see it as a response. I think part of the messaging is around, uh, you know, white people taking responsibility for what's going on and that means educating themselves rather than asking for people of colour to explain it to them. So... I think that's part of the movement this time around, and that's why people are doing this. So it's a, it's quite an interesting, um, it's it's quite an interesting. I haven't seen this happen. Like none of the other protests, the protests in Hong Kong, the protest, big huge protests with hundreds of thousands of people involved, but none of them have prompted a huge, you know, rocketing sales of books in that are related to them. So it is a, an interesting, different phenomenon. Well, I just wanted to kind of echo what you were saying about about Dark Emu before, Joel, because um, uh, I read that book as well, and, and it's one of those books where you read it and then you go out and you buy a copy for somebody else. Um, yeah. 
And, and I think that um, over the past few years, as that book has just been so popular and you know such, had such a huge place in, in the national discourse, that um, it's kind of provided a nice springboard for for people to then kind of jump off from dark emu and then go deeper into the issues and and um, and you know this current period of time, you know people have uh, have already kind of by engaging with dark emu done a little bit of groundwork. Um, beforehand, you would hope, um, which makes some of these um, other books that are suddenly kind of jumping up in the in popularity, kind of there's a bit more context there as well. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been fascinating, and I I want to spend more time on these books too because they're all wonderful. Um, but you know, yeah, it's 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 been a very interesting and confronting period, I think, for everyone, or for as it should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, the book I'm reading for pleasure, though, I also wanted to talk about, <laughs> uh, um, is fiction. Um, I'm a big fan of American politics in general and follow it fairly closely, particularly this year with an election. Um, but I, And so for fun, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading Rodham, the new Curtis Sittenfeld book. Um, it's such a great Yes. And, fascinating read i don't know if anyone else has talked about it on the podcast yet i hope not um but it's been a very regular occurrence actually this book and we've heard nothing really? well no not and i'm not saying this in a bad way because i i actually am really welcoming um all sorts of fun discussion because the concept is just brilliant but we've not heard a single bad thing about this book yet um yeah it's great i mean it's there's an element to it that is just like it's a, it's a type of book which is sort of nerdy girl romance <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> that is tropey in a certain way and that that's what makes the book really fun to read but then the the layer above it which is that you know it's hillary clinton or hillary Rodham, um that's that that gives it like an interesting extra layer of history and um alternate history uh, and i just think it's a really interesting what if to just try and work out and I, I cannot imagine what it would be like to write this book. Like I, I think about that quite a bit while I'm reading it. Like how would you disentangle? And, and also how, how how could you write so closely about a person who is alive <laughs> and, <laughs> not, and not fictional? You know, it's just really, um, it's a really fascinating. I'd love to speak to the author about it. I think that would be really interesting. I'd love to speak to Hillary Clinton about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, she must, because it sort of calls her out on some level for staying with him. Yeah. And and imagines that essentially he couldn't have won without her because she could provide a cover for his infidelities which were a feature of his of his public life from the beginning. But it imagines that at the first whiff of infidelity, she just leaves him instead. And the, the whole lead up to their romance is, is all about how she can't, how she can never be with someone who wants to be with her. Um, everyone she wants to be with doesn't want to be with her. And there's this great quote, like, which I'm, I might read because I, I pulled it out um, and it's wonderful. Uh, the lesson was this. You will encounter boys and men with whom you think you enjoy chemistry. A boy or man will find you funny and interesting and smart, just as you find him funny and interesting and smart. The pleasure you take in each other's company will be obvious, but crucially, while this pleasure will make you feel as if you're in love with him, it will not make him feel as if he's in love with you. 
He might remark on how much he likes talking to you, but there will be girls he wants to kiss and you will not be one of them. And it's, I feel like there's this thread through the whole book of like, where you understand why she stayed with him because he really loves her and he loves her because she's smart. And that doesn't excuse him in any way, shape or form for his behavior after that, but it does explain why she stayed with him. And I think it feels real to me. I don't know if that's true or not, but from what I know about their relationship, it feels real to me. So it's that part of it's fascinating. I've read a couple of the books that she's written. Um, and in one of them, she does kind of talk about him uh, um, a little bit. And like uh, from reading like kind of directly her words about it, 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 it feels like their relationship is very loving and genuine, you know, just despite what they've gone through or perhaps, you know, because of what they've gone through, that's, you know, such a horrific and unique experience. That's got to forge some kind of like extra bond between you, I think. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've heard people talking about seeing them going for walks around Washington and stuff like long after they were out of office, yeah. just holding hands and walking around. And, and I, I kind of think, yeah, they must still, they must have something. Why, why would you do that otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in this, in this, she imagines that, um, you know, he, she sublimates that feeling and just, um, pushes it down and then and then the last third of the book which i'm only just into is sort of i guess a bit of a revenge fantasy (laughs) (laughs) about what women can achieve when they're not tied down to a man and uh ambition and it's it's really interesting and exciting um and it's a good book to read right now as we head into an american election i think even though it's not directly relevant yeah um it's We've heard. I, I think it's a book that everyone should read, and I. It's and another one again, and that's based off what what we, I'm consistently hearing about it. It's another one to add to the to be read pile, um, mm. and that pile never ends when I'm doing this <laughs> podcast. Um, I'll uh, I'll throw to you, Mark, because uh, I know as a as a fellow host of this podcast, uh, you might have actually had the chance to actually kind of start to put a dent in that to be read pile. Um, what have you been reading uh, over the last week or so? Cool. So, you know, Joel's brought some very noble uh, books to, to discuss today, and it wouldn't be my turn to recommend books if I didn't recommend something weird about ghosts and aliens. So, <laughs> I, love- <laughs> so I, I, I want to discuss two things that I read this week. Um, the first one is a novella. It's called You Should Have Left, and it's by an author called Daniel Kelman. And the reason that it um, came across my radar this week was that um, a trailer dropped for a film adaptation of this, which is going to be streaming, I think, next week. It's got Kevin Bacon in it. Um, and it's a, it's a neat little horror story. It's, it's very short. It's only 128 pages. So I don't know how they're going to stretch this out to be an entire film. It's very one concept. But it's like this neat little weird horror kind of riff. Um, in which a successful screenwriter, he's just written um, a movie that's uh, been a big box office hit, and there's pressure on him to write a sequel. Um, otherwise, the producers are going to like go ahead and make it without him unless he writes it within a, a certain period of time. And so he and his wife and their kid uh, go to um, this holiday house that they rent way out in the mountains with views over glaciers and stuff, very kind of isolated um, and they go out there so that he can kind of write this screenplay 
and kind of get his head together and, and think about what he wants to do next in his career. But of course, as it's a nice, neat little horror novella, um, things aren't always as they seem in the house. And the house itself is quite bizarre. And the people who um, they, they meet in the town uh, warn them to stay away and to leave. Um, and in those, you know, kind of short span of 128 pages, that, that this book goes from kind of just that very intriguing setup to a very insane uh, kind of place, which I won't I won't say where they wind up because uh, it's a massive spoiler. But I really really loved it, um, and it, it's not only a wonderful kind of little horror story, but the way that um, Daniel Kelman writes is very much gives an insight into kind of the the madness that the protagonist is feeling um, around these unexplainable events that keep happening to him, um, and it's kind of very clearly showing that this is a supernatural kind of event that is happening but his the way that his brain is conceiving of it um he, he just does a wonderful job of that um and i think that's often a, an issue in stories like this where the characters just you know are very quick to accept that something is happening or or you know kind of turn evil at, at, the, at the drop of a hat whereas this character really grapples with it and um he does a lot in a short in a short space. And so I'm quite keen to see what they do with this with this film. Um, but You Should Have Left by Daniel Kelman is, is great. And then the second one that I wanted to talk about um, is a novel that I just finished reading. It's called The Last Astronaut. It's by David Wellington. Um, it came out a couple of years ago. And again, it, it's kind of a, it's almost like Rendezvous with Rama if Rendezvous with Rama was a horror novel. So it's about a giant, alien object that um, has entered the solar system. And it's kind of inspired by um, a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year, there was that weird object that um, astronomers saw coming through the solar system that kind of came from outside the solar system. And like, it, it was just an odd shape and it was a bit weird. They, you know, said it was just a bit of rock, but the idea is that no, it might've been something else. And so this is set in the not too distant future. Um, in a world where NASA has kind of fallen to the wayside and private space companies are now reaping the benefits of, of the space race. Um, and it's about this uh, astronaut uh, by the name of Sally Jansen, who was on her way to be the first person to walk on Mars and then um, disaster struck their ship. An astronaut died and they had to come back to Earth. And she's kind of been uh, living as a recluse uh, for the decades since that happened. Um, but she's the only person who has experience with this kind of deep space mission that they need to launch to go out and kind of make contact with this weird object that's not only coming through the solar system, but is slowing down and heading to Earth, uh, which, you know, rings alarm bells everywhere. So it's, it's a, a neat little story of space action and adventure and which I'm always a huge fan of, but it also has this interesting setting where it's kind of NASA versus private space companies as well. So NASA launches the mission to kind of get there, but then private space company uh, also launches the mission to go there. And the private space company doesn't have the same kind of concerns around, you know, what the established protocols for a potential contact situation might be that a government agency would have. Um, so there's this lovely extra layer of tension that's that's added to it, um, and then um, yeah, there's some once they make contact with the ship, some pretty horrific stuff uh, happens, which I won't go into because again, it's spoiler territory. But I really love that book. 
Sounds cool. I like the sound yeah. of that a lot. Uh, really interesting. Mm, indeed, yeah. and it, especially kind of the whole setting and 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 falling back on on that kind of horror feeling. Awesome. Love the selections. Awesome. Yeah. Stuff. Especially right now in the wake of the launch of the private rocket. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> it feels. I mean, that that makes it very relevant to right this moment, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It feels very, it feels very, um, very real as to what the, the near future of space could be like. Um, yeah, makes yeah. me feel very optimistic that things are going to turn out great <laughs> going into. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we're at that point in the podcast where we like to shout out uh, to an Australian author. And uh, I'm going to throw uh, to you, Joel, uh, for this one because we have a very different uh, pick for today's uh, for today's choice. What are uh, what are we shouting out to today? So we're shouting out the anthology "Growing Up Aboriginal in Australia," which is edited by Anita Heiss. Um, it's what, part of the "Growing Up" series, which um, there are a few other books in this series um, that are all wonderful. "Growing Up Asian in Australia," "Growing Up Aboriginal in Australia," "Growing Up Muslim in Australia," "Growing Up African in Australia." And growing up queer in Australia, they're all wonderful. But in this particular moment, growing up Aboriginal in Australia is selling amazingly well, and it's also an amazing anthology. It has wonderful, wonderful people in it, including people like Tony Birch, Adam Goods, Miranda Tapsall, um, Tara June Winch, lots of friends of the podcast, um, <laughs> and it's just a wonderful, it's a wonderful read. It's well worth a look. Um, and Nita is a, a you know. She's, she's, you know, a literary giant in Australia, and she, rightfully so. And um, she's pulled this great collection together, and I think it's all worth a read at this moment. Awesome. That's a great pick. Absolutely love it and really uh, appropriate. And it's very, again, reiterating how awesome it is that people are seeking that book out and looking to try and understand more um, about it. So great pick. Um, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Daily Booktopian. Thanks once again, Mark and Joel, for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Um, so all of our listeners, you can catch um, all our episodes of the Daily Booktopian, plus a whole bunch of uh, uh, author discussions, interview pieces, analysis pieces, and more. We've literally got hundreds of episodes on our SoundCloud and iTunes channel. Um, we'll be back at the same time tomorrow for another episode of The Daily Booktopian. Until then, keep reading and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.